are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. We have the draft incoming next week. And to talk about some stuff we got going on, we got some good wide receivers we're going to talk about. Maybe. I don't know. Chev and I, we're talking a lot about <laughs> wide receivers lately. So let me introduce my faithful co-host here. We got Chev and Nooney, Nate, Chris, and gentlemen. How are we? Just ready. Ready for this draft to finally be here. Tired of all the smoke screens that are out Ooh. there. Ready for the actual fun to begin and our souls to be crushed by landing spots. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Usually that's what happens for me. No, yeah, I, I think Chev said it really well. I saw him. He tweeted it out today, and I made sure I liked it because I was like, "That, Amen, man." There's so much smoke right now. Oh, I'm yeah. just ready for the draft to get here. Me too. I'm excited about the draft, though. I'm excited every year. You know, always excited to see what my team is going to do. The Eagles, and excited to see where our favorite prospects go. And you know what? Today we're going to be talking about some wide receivers, and we're going to be talking about wide receivers not named. Jackson Smith and Jigba, just like we touched on before, running backs to draft, not named Bijan Robinson. This is the same thing. We know who the chalky guys are at these positions at this point in time. So we kind of have to stray away from that. And maybe your plan was JSN or Bijan. What's your backup plan? You have to have one. Are you moving? Are you pivoting? Are you drafting someone? What are you doing? So let's get into it. And this is these are guys, you know, we like. We don't think that they're top tier as far as jsn kind of in a tier on his own mm-hmm. i think we could say that right now also chef's talking about smoke seeing a lot of smoke going around that um you know seeing on podcasts i forget who it was um somebody saying that jsn is the only first round wide receiver he sees right now and that a lot of teams feel that same way um kind of interesting because you never really know how it's going to play out mm-hmm. as fantasy players you guys have to remember this the NFL drafts more than just quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So when you say a guy got drafted late, he's going to get pushed down by fundamental pieces like offensive and defensive linemen, defensive backs, maybe a linebacker here or there. So don't get mad if a player you like gets drafted after the best tackle in the draft. Okay, that doesn't mean that they're a bad player and they're not going to score you fantasy points, but these things happen every single year so let's get into it nate who is a wide receiver that you are getting your hands on one of your rookie drafts yep i'm getting him everywhere and i've been talking about him all off season so far throughout this draft process and xavier hutchinson wide receiver out of iowa state the guy that brock Purdy was throwing to throughout his college career and xavier hutchinson uh put up great stats he has a great frame six foot two 203 pounds you know that frame that we don't see a ton of um, in this draft over the past couple drafts, you know, we've seen a lot of small slot guys, a lot of quick twitch players, but Xavier Hutchinson, he is that bigger frame. He can play outside. He can play as a big slot and his ability to lay out for the ball, make the diving catches. He's got the big frame with the long arms. You throw the ball anywhere near him and he's getting his hands on it. He has a great catch radius. I love that about him. Also, he tracks the ball really well, uses his frame to body up defenders, win contested catch situations. And, you know, he actually can create some yards after the catch. He's got some good strength and, you know, decent speed. Now, you you hear these kind of players, those boundary players who win contested catch situations, they usually aren't great route runners. 
But Xavier Hutchinson is actually a pretty good route runner. He's very smooth for his size, and he's able to create separation in and out of his breaks, which a lot of big players are not able to do. So his ability to play both outside and inside and have a varied route tree, I think that's something NFL teams are really going to like. I think he's going to be a day two pick this year. I think he's starting to gain some steam again as we head into the draft as one of the wide receivers that teams are going to be looking at because Mm -hmm. of that size and that ability to be versatile. He's a guy that's currently going 40th off the board, according to DLF ADP from April, uh, beginning this month. That's the equivalent of the 404. Now, Xavier Hutchinson, I'm willing to take him at the beginning of the third round, mid-third round. I think that's the kind of talent he has, especially if he's drafted day two. I think he's going to have an opportunity. I think a wide receiver needy team that doesn't want to use top draft capital for a wide receiver, but wants to find an impact player on day two at that position, will be targeting Xavier Hutchinson. Maybe a team like the New York Giants, where they have an open depth chart. I think that's the kind of team that will be targeting Xavier Hutchinson. And right now, you can trade veteran players like Nicole Hardman, Tyquan Thornton, Paris Campbell for a mid-third pretty easily, mm-hmm. um, a late third. And you can get Xavier Hutchinson, re-roll those dice, and get a player that you know is going to have upside uh, as, as soon as you want. Nate, do you have any draft, um, you know, anything you do during the draft every year? Yeah, so every year I go to Buffalo Wild Wings with my friend Kyron, and we eat Buffalo uh, Wild Wings wings and have some beer. And uh, the last years haven't been so great. The last one uh, was they wanted to put the Caps game on, and I love the Caps, but the NFL drafts one, come on. And the year before that, they closed at 9 o'clock. So – Wow, I haven't found a good Buffalo Wild Wings near where I live yet, unfortunately. But uh, we're still working on it. I haven't found a good Buffalo Wild Wings. They were good in high school. I mean, we used yeah, to go there before day. football games on the Thursday wing day. Oh, good times. Now I, I haven't been in a Buffalo Wild Wings in years. They're not, as, not not as good anymore. They were they were used to be in their prime back like in the early uh, like twenty tens. Yes. You know, sometimes I wonder when I say things, um, things aren't as good now. Maybe our tastes are just evolving, We're evolving awesome. as people. That's true. Right? I agree. Chev, we're going to kick it to you now, and you're going to talk about a wide receiver you're leaving your draft with. First, you're going to tell me your draft day tradition or draft tradition overall. Yeah, I mean, draft day traditions, I just like to make some buffalo chicken dip, just chill at the house, watch That's other amazing. people. But Garrett Price gave me – actually, his wife – Denise gave me one of the best buffalo chicken dip recipes known to man. It seems like it's just a staple for the Noonie household and for anybody that comes over. But the guy I want to talk about is Joshua Downs. Joshua mm-hmm. Downs is a guy who I really like in this draft. I think he's a good, smaller wide receiver. The guys that Nate was talking about have, have that we have seen a lot of in these last few drafts, guys that are just small, smooth operators, hand catchers, you know, he's got good body control. He had a shifty route runner, too. But some of my favorite things that he does is he just goes up for the ball. And he's able to – he's a smaller guy, but he goes up and kind of bodies people sometimes to go get make the play. And he uses his hands to do so. And that's why Joshua Downs, for me, is a guy that I'm targeting. I mean, right now, I, th- I think he's going to go somewhere between 109 and 112. And if I can get him there, I'm very ecstatic. I know there's a few other wide receivers that may go before him, but – I just think he has potential to be a good NFL wide receiver. But I think even in fantasy, he's going to be productive. I think he's a guy that can be targeted heavily, and he'll be productive because he is a hands catcher. He's a guy that gets separation out of his routes. 
So that's why I'm, I'm targeting Joshua Downs between the 109 and 112 at this point. Could go up, could go backward, depending on where he's drafted. To go get him for that price, I'm looking at trading Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Williams, and even Marquise Brown. We actually had a comment right before we got on the show. What are we doing with Marquise Brown? I think Nate said it best. He's a hold at this point. Mm -hmm. But at this point, that team is in shambles, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm willing to move on from Marquise Brown and possibly move on to Joshua Downs at this point. I just think it's a good move. He's, I mean, Marquise Brown, kind of a guy that has to run deep routes and get passes thrown to him. Kyler Murray might not be playing for the beginning of the year. Joshua mm-hmm. Downs is going to be playing at the beginning of the year at this point. And he's a guy that just gets open. He's not a guy that has to contest catches, has to be deep field catches. It's over the middle, short routes. And that's what I'm looking for in this NFL draft. So what Chev is saying is fire up all your Colt McCoy shares <laughs> to start the season. That's what I'm hearing here, right? I'm telling you to sell your season tickets if you're an Arizona <laughs> Cardinals fan. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Chev, I heard um, – I heard this weekend that the Cardinal stadium is kind of difficult to get to a lot of traffic. Yeah. The problem is there's only like one way to get into each of the sections of parking. So there's a bunch of traffic going in, especially if it's a Monday night or Thursday night game, there's just too many cars, too many people trying to rush into the stadium and leaving is even more of a headache as there's only one entrance and one exit to get in and out. So a lot of cars, a lot of people coming in. Fun stadium, big stadium, good speaker system, but it's, it's a little rough. I'm not going to lie. And the bad part is it's not even a home game basically half the time. It's an away game for the Cardinals fans. So you a know, lot of culture just, change needs to happen there mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. It amazes me because you're in the desert, essentially. You have like unlimited space. You just go outside the city a little bit, and they're like, well, let's put it here and whatever. Whatever happens, happens. The problem Sounds is like- it's on the west side, too. So, like, you got to drive a country mile to get there half the time. A lot of the rich folk are on the East Valley. It's, they had to drive hour to get there. It's just it's just in a weird part of town. But it's a fun, like I said, fun stadium. They have fun stuff around it. But, you know, they're still making players pay for meals uh, at the stadium. So, I mean, how can you get behind that, you know? No. Buda Baker. Yeah. Buda, I would pay for Buda Baker's lunch. Next week, if he needs it, how about that? You might be sending that Venmo to Philadelphia from everything that I've heard. He's Ooh, a trade target. That now. would fire me up, actually. That'd be I cool. don't think it Ooh, happens. Be good. To be honest with you, um, but hey, you never know. I don't put anything past Harry Roseman. All right, so the, a guy that I'm leaving the draft with is Quentin Johnston, and I think his value is down a little bit right now. There was a while that he was the consensus wide receiver one in the draft before people started to dig into JSN a little bit more and see that, Hey, he did play a little bit last year and he's so dynamic in 2021 that we can't overlook him. And, you know, he's currently wide receiver three based on DLF's April ADP, but he's a big body and he's got a huge catch radius. He can be extremely dynamic after the catch. I do. And this is weird for a player, his size. I do want to see him be more physical at times. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be saying that about a guy that size, to be honest with you kind of like Zach Koontz. Um, but I think he's a really, really high ceiling. Another guy that I wouldn't mind seeing go to the Giants, to be honest with you. Um, I think he can make an impact right away, just like Xavier Hutchinson could. Again, like Nate said, wide open depth chart there. Um, so he's currently sitting at the 109 based on everything that I see around that range, wide receiver three. I feel like that's actually a really good spot for him. That is super flex ADP, not one quarterback 
one quarterback is likely going to move him up a little bit. Right now, what you could do if you want to get a guy like Quentin Johnston, you can go ahead and if you feel like you have a younger team and somehow you have a draft pick in that area, maybe you're a playoff team, you just feel like you want to get better, you have a bevy of good wide receivers, you could move on from a player like Terry McLaurin, who is aging, who has some quarterback questions. This is assuming that Quentin Johnston goes to a better quarterback situation than Terry McLaurin has right now. And he is valued at 332.0 on DLF's trade analyzer. The 109, just threw that one out there, it's valued at 304.9. So realistically, you could get Terry McLaurin for the 109 plus. You get a little bit back. Maybe you get like a third round pick. So you could leave your draft with Quentin Johnston and Xavier Hutchinson for Terry McLaurin because the X-Man's going in the third round. So I get one. You can get both. Yeah. Josh Downs, he's not going to be there. He's going to be gone at this point, Chev. Yeah. But you could load up on my guy, Nate's guy. So and in case anyone's wondering, my draft day tradition is trying to get my daughter to be quiet so I could actually hear who's getting picked and not looking at my phone because Pork and Zach in the group chat like to spoil it because they have cable and everybody else. Do. I'm turning <laughs> my phone off for the draft day. It's, it's, uh, off. Guys, <laughs> it's, it's off. And you know what? People that have cable, chill. Okay? Sorry we're not as good as you. I do um, want to say Quinn Johnson literally could be the number one wide receiver at the end of all. At the end of it all, yep. he literally awesome. could be that dude. It's just depending on him at this point. He has all the athletic ability, learn some route running, learn how to play big. And, I mean, the sky is the limit for this kid. He's an athlete. He's a stud. He just has to put it all together now, and he'll get better coaching and better passes thrown to him too, hopefully, this upcoming year. For sure. All right, let's move on. And, Nate, who is um... – so you got to fill a sheet out earlier because I was thinking about talking about him. But this is another Nate guy right here. Who are you not leaving your drafts without? Yep, another guy I'm going after in a lot of my leagues in the third round is Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Um, I've talked about him a good couple times over this offseason as well. And, you know, five foot 11, 191 pounds. I think that's a pretty good frame there. And, you know, he's got good speed. He did run a 4-4-5, 40-yard dash at the Combine. Jaden Reed really took off in 2021 when Peyton Thorne was the quarterback and Kenneth Walker was the running back. And Michigan State, with all their transfers, was looking really good in the Big Ten. Jaden Reed was the centerpiece of that passing offense. Uh, 59 receptions on 105 targets for 1,026 yards and 10 touchdowns with a yards per catch average of 17.4. And, you know, he showed that he was a threat down the field. He was winning contested catch situations, creating yards after the catch. In 2022, the offense didn't look as good, and they used him a lot closer to the field. He was only averaging 11.6 yards per catch this past season uh, for Michigan State. So a big change there in his usage. And, of course, that came with uh, you know, not as great stats. You know, just about the same number of receptions, but only 636 yards just because he wasn't being used down the field. He had five touchdowns, though. But this is a guy that's completely improved throughout his college career. He started out at Western Michigan, and his freshman year broke out, looked like a great wide receiver ahead of D. Eskridge, who was later drafted in the second round by the Seattle Seahawks. And he transferred up to Michigan State. And then once he got to Michigan State, Took him a year, and then he posted those stats in 2021 as the lead wide receiver for Michigan State. So this is a guy that's constantly gotten better. He looked pretty good at the senior bowl as well. I liked how he's trending, the ability for him to be an all-around wide receiver, winning deep, winning contested catches, creating yards after the catch close to the line of scrimmage. He really brings a full package at the wide receiver position. He's going right now 31 overall, which is about the 307. 
And I'm willing to take him as early as like the early third if he gets decent landing spot and day two draft capital. The day two draft capital is always very important for me. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to get the 307, a couple ways you can do that. Well, number one, use your third rounds as renewable resources. You get a new third round every year when that league switches over. Yeah, it's like you just trade that next year's third for a third this year. You're probably going to be okay. You can also get Zach Wilson for the 301. You can trade DJ Chark for an early third. If you're rebuilding, you can trade OBJ right now for an early third. Those are guys, if you're you know looking to get younger, I would definitely be moving for Jaden Reed. Speaking of Zach Wilson, are they ever trading for Aaron Rodgers or what? I, I really oh, thought – It's got to be coming would, next week. I just really thought something would have happened by now. Same with Lamar Jackson. Although I think I think um, Jalen Hurts' deal getting done kind of pushes the Ravens to get – Lamar Jackson's deal done. Yeah. I did see that uh, Nate. Maybe you saw this, or you know anything? Something I don't. That he was offered two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Is yeah, that true. Yeah, man. I mean, it was uh, not fully guaranteed year one, but there were guarantees that kicked in after the first year. Ravens aren't cutting Lamar Jackson after one year. That would have brought his deal to two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Basically, um, I don't want to get into the whole Lamar situation, but he, I think he should have taken a contract by now. He's just shooting himself at the foot. Yeah, like dude, hire an agent. If if anyone here is ever thinking about going and being a professional athlete, please, by all means, hire an agent. Let somebody represent you. Mm-hmm. You know that these people are paid to do that. Okay, that's that's what they do. So yeah, let them do what they got to do. All right, Chev, we're gonna move on to you. And who is the next? I'm kind of surprised by this one. I thought you know we we talk a lot in the group chat and everything and in the the, the crew chat. I thought it was you saying that you didn't like this player. It could have been pork. I don't remember 100%. Um, but, Chev, who's a guy that you're not leaving the draft without here? No, I do like a lot of this guy. I like Zay Flowers a lot. I think he reminds me of a lot of the way that A.B. played Antonio Brown. It's just a way to kind of, you know, catch the ball and run after the catch. He's great after the catch. He's a guy that, you know, good route running, can make plays down the field. He had to create separation. He had to have good body control because the passes that were thrown to him were not very close sometimes. He had to make plays on the ball. So I love his tracking of the football as well. He's a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, he just has a knack to get the football in his hands and he knows what to do with it after. And that's what I really like about him. He's a guy that's not going to be easy to tackle. He's going to be a guy that uses his speed to get away from defenders. He's going to be a guy that he finds open holes. He's, he's almost like a punt returner. Once he catches the football, he just takes off and he knows how to juke people out. So that's why I really do love about him. You know, like I said, didn't play with the greatest quarterback after the catch. He's a huge threat. You know, there's, there's sometimes where his route running to me can be a little suspect because he just runs into the defender. Sometimes it tries to be a little too physical, but I think he'll outgrow that once he gets into the NFL. And sometimes he can just get outside of his frame and slip sometimes, but everything about Zay flowers makes me want to go get him in fantasy football. Yards after the catch, big plays down the field, ball tracking. Like, those are everything that we want out of a guy. And he's a guy that should go decently early in the draft, maybe end of the first, beginning of the second. He's a guy that is a wide receiver that freaking football team should want to go get because of those attributes of being uh, the ball tracking and the route running as well. So, Safe Flowers is a guy that I am wanting to go target. I know maybe some people see 
him going a little too early. He, I think he'll go somewhere around 110, 202 at the end of all this rookie draft talk. I'm trading guys like Brandon Ayuk, Bateman, all the guys really that I named last time because mm-hmm. they're, I'm, they're drafting the same player at the same spot almost. It's really whatever your flavor is at this time. And I, I just think he's going to be worth it at the end of this. He's a guy that I can see. You know, he's probably not going to be the top guy in this draft class, but I think he can come up to top three at the end of all of this if he goes to the right team and gets in the right system. To clarify, though, if you're moving guys like Brandon Ayuk and Rashad Bateman, you're probably anticipating getting more than just that draft pick because of their name and everything like that. And look, Chev makes a good point. Probably not the top guy in his class. Justin Jefferson wasn't the number one wide receiver in a lot of circumstances when he was drafted either. Hey, we all were wrong on that one. Although I'm sure there's a lot of analysts out there that were like, no, he's that dude. But, you know, everybody was like, well, he's just a slot receiver. And again, this is why I tell you, you got to get eyes on guys for yourself. I was duped by that one too. Dig back a few years on a player's film too to see what you're missing out on. So me, you know, I'm going to take the best hands in the class. Take Marvin Mims. This is like me and Nate's dude right here. We love us some <laughs> Marvin Mims. Yep. Right now, he's going around the wide receiver eight, and that's right around the end of the second round. So we're just going to say the 212. And you know what? You are going for the nine, Pete, because you're Nate Christian. You're like, I'm going to no. get me some Marvin Mims. But guess what happened? You traded that second round pick away because you needed it to get somebody to help you win the championship. So how are you going to go ahead and get that pick back? First, I'm going to tell you why I like Marvin Mims, though. I love his hands. Great route running. His ability to track and adjust for the ball in the air is just outstanding. It's fantastic. He's got what looks like these long arms. He just reaches back for it. Mm -hmm. Big mitts. Just grabs it, yanks it out of the air. Great route runner. Just a tough, scrappy wide receiver. I love Marvin Mims. You should too, and if you don't, you should. So anyway, Nate, he got rid of that second-round pick. He's like, miss me with that. I'm going to win this championship, and he did. Eight in a row. He wants number nine. He wants Mims because he's got to keep rebuilding that dynasty. So what he's going to go ahead and do is this. He's going to unload Damian Harris off of his roster because we all know that Josh Allen's the number one running back in Buffalo, and he's going to get Marvin Mims in the 4'11". And, hey, you just won the championship. What do you care about the 411? Well, don't forget, Nate's going to take all those fourth-round picks that he's getting from these league-winning trades because sometimes the small trades matter. He's going to bundle them up and keep moving up and keep just replenishing his roster. Okay, then he is also going to ship out Paris Campbell in a mid-23 third, say like the 308 or something like that. He's going to go ahead and move back up into the back end of the second round. He's going to get Marvin Mims for that, too. And he's also going to unload, finally, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and an early fourth-round pick that he got from doing other trades for Marvin Mims. And when I say Marvin Mims, just just say, you know, that back end of the second round there. So those are the moves that Nate's going to make. You know, I'm just putting him as the champion. He tells you about him being the champion all the time. He is the professor, after all. (laughs) but i will say you know chev you and i touched on it before this is just a strange wide receiver class you're either really big and slow or you're really small and fast and there's not a lot of in between there's really not i mean you have i guess your tweeners would be guys like Jaden reed marvin Mims, who i consider to be more like an average height 
there's other guys that we're probably not going to talk about on this channel, but patreon.com forward slash dinosaur rewind. You're going to hear a lot of it over there. The Discord, fire away with all those questions. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chev, like, is this one of those classes where you're happy to get these guys, but you're not going to reach for them? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, after Marvin Mims, I would be fine trading these picks away for veterans, honestly. Like, Xavier Hutchinson, I do like him. Parker Washington is another guy that I like a good amount. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I just feel that some of these guys are just going to be better NFL players. Not a problem with that at all. That is perfectly fine. Good for them. Hope they get their bag. But fantasy-wise, I am not sold on a lot of these guys at this point, which, you know, NFL is going to tell us a lot once this draft comes and players get drafted. But a lot of these guys are not going to get the best draft capital that we're really hoping for, sadly. And it's good for them. They're going to get drafted. They're going to go play ball. But I just don't know if they help our teams at this point in fantasy football when, when it's all said and done. One last question, Nate. I'm going to throw this one to you. Jeff was talking about smoke. There's a lot of it. Get some Justin Ross hype here. Or <laughs> Right, the, the dude in Kansas City. Am I yeah, that? Justin Ross. I was thinking, I was confusing Justin Ross and John Ross. Sorry oh. about that. But if you remember last year, Justin Watson was getting some hype out there in Kansas City too. Is there re-signed. any merit to this? He yeah, did he resign. Um, is there any merit to this or? I, you know, I like Justin Ross. Always did, but it just the chances are slim. The chances are slim. He was undrafted. I know he's working with Patrick Mahomes on the offseason, but the chances are slim. He's still, you know, if, if you're going out to acquire him, I wouldn't be spending more than like a fifth-round pick or so. Yeah. Maybe maybe like a, a, a mid-fourth if you really believe in Justin Ross. And everybody talks about the wide receiver one for them. It's Travis Kelsey, guys. It is not going to go away from Travis yeah. Kelsey. Justin Ross is not going to be – the wide receiver one. It's just not going to happen. Travis Kelsey's still going to be that dude. And I mean, they, they signed plenty of other guys too. So yeah. Remember I, they signed guys, they drafted guys. There's a lot of guys ahead of Justin Ross. I mean, they have John Ross too, actually on the roster. I'm, I brought up our lads. Our lads.com has fairly accurate uh, depth charts. If you're looking for it in the off season, I don't think that the NFL mandates depth charts be accurate until late August, like right before the season. Uh, but right now, Justin Ross is behind the, in the left wide receiver position, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Emir Smith-Marset behind those guys. And I'll tell you what, man, this <laughs> – they also got Richie James on the roster, Justin Watson, who resigned, Canarius Tony sliding into a starting role out there, Cornell Powell. Yeah, the Chiefs wide receiver core looks like your wide receiver core when you're rebuilding and you have like nothing except for 23 and 24 draft picks. And uh, they also have Jerion Ely, who apparently is now a wide receiver. He's number 89 now, Nate. The only difference is they have a, a championship ring if we don't, if we're rebuilding. That's the, the only Michael difference. P. Ryan is on the roster. There's no hope. way. There is no way. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde oh. Edwards Alaire, and the Michael P. Ryan. How did I miss that? Oh my gosh, Michael P. Ryan. It's gonna get the, the, the Chiefs boost. Come on, bring his ADP up, people. Bring his ADP up. I am going to drink a monster and punch a hole in some drywall. I'm so excited about this. Oh man. Oh my god, that's amazing. I mean, you know what? You know how when we do team audits, we're like team needs just and we put depth. 
I'm going to do that for the Chiefs, like depth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And they also have about a million tight ends on the roster, too. So, and guess what? They don't matter. If it's not Kelsey, it's nothing. And I'll tell you how I learned that the hard way. I thought that one of these guys would step up last year for the Eagles when Dallas Goddard went out. They just threw it to somebody else. They're like, just block. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Throw it to A.J. Brown. Throw it to Devonta Smith. Just just block. So, And I think the same thing would happen with the Chiefs, too. Yeah. So, um announcement before i let you guys go next week our schedule is going to look a little bit different we're not going to do a wednesday and friday release we're going to do a monday and wednesday release just to kind of get you guys prepped early for the draft and everything like that so you can still listen check us out hear all of our amazing predictions so monday wednesday next week the week after that we're going to flip it back to wednesday friday so that is all i have to say um until next time everybody make sure you check out our amazing sponsors we got Seeky going to a game. I don't know if it works for the XFL. Check an XFL game out, though, however. Save $20 off your first order. Underdog, $100 match up to $100 deposit. Promo code rewind. Patreon.com forward slash dinosaur. We got three tiers. Go check it out now. You do not want to miss it. We're getting you prepped for the draft. You can DM any one of us at any time answer all your questions so until next time everybody for Chevin Nooney Nate Christian I'm your host Michael Bauer be kind please rewind thanks for listening